Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot. Long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Peterborough may have had the edge on penalties and progressed in the Carabao Cup. Morella's missed and Peterborough now have the chance to go through. Long runner, Padger Boy steps up and scores into the bottom corner and Portsmouth are out of the League Cup. But in the league where it really matters, it was Pompey who had the last laugh. Back to Kamara. Kamara shoots and it's in the net. And Regan Paul has his first Portsmouth goal. Portsmouth remain unbeaten. A 17th game of League One football unbeaten. Regan Paul put the game to bed to round off a fantastic comeback for the Blues at PO4 on Saturday. Colby Bishop had brought the host level before it was lights, camera, action just before half-time. Norwich Loney Abu Kamara has been speaking about his first ever senior goal, which gave Pompey the lead against Paposh. When the ball went in the back of the net, it was a dream come true. Like I've been waiting for this moment and I was just happy it came today. And then to get the assist as well and get the three points, it just was the cherry on top, really. Between now and Seven o'clock, we'll also hear what John Mussino had to say about the game. I thought we were okay going into the first 25 minutes, but then after that, I thought we were brilliant. And the second half was probably one of the best halves, I think, since I've been here at the football club. And to round off a perfect weekend on the South Coast, we'll later on be reviewing another emphatic victory for the Pompey women with Jay Sadler talking about the targets he has set for his upcoming campaign. Can we consistently perform at these levels week in, week out? And we've done it again. And that's going to be the challenge, I think, all season. As always, we'd love also to hear from you back home this evening. Are the Blues a better performing side with Christian Sadie named in the starting eleven? With another dismissal on Saturday, just how reliable is Joe Morrell? And has the international break come at a good or a bad time for Pompey? Well, there is a truckload to get through tonight, so without any further ado, thank you for tuning in to Express FM on this Monday evening for another edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Well, good evening, welcome along, and thank you for joining us here on Express FM. This season, the show is brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South, connecting you from Portsmouth to the rest of Hampshire and further along the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they provide in your area. We've got plenty on offer here on the Football Hour tonight, including a full debrief of Saturday's clash with Peterborough United. Part two of the Blues doubleheader of fixtures 
with the posh. We'll hear from both Abu Kamara and John Mussino, as well as discuss a milestone recently reached by defender Sean Raggett. And if you want to have your say this evening, then please do go ahead. 81400 is our text number. Make Express your first word. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Or download the ExpressFM app where you can type a message or send in a voice note. Dean Adams and Mark McGee are waiting patiently in the wings. But before we introduce them, we take you on a journey back to Saturday afternoon. Fratton Park was the venue for Pompey versus Peterborough Part 2. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Pulled to him, to White, to Paul in the area. Good from Pompey. Pulls cross, Bishop, shot blocked. Cries of handballer from the crowd rather than the players. And it is behind for a goal kick. Do here. He's trying to turn around Swanson and he'll curl it into the far corner. And Ricky J. Jones has made that look so easy, giving Peterborough the lead. Portsmouth's long run without conceding is over. Ricky J. Jones makes it Portsmouth nil. Peterborough United won. Cross to come into the penalty area to the far post. Head of there and into the back of the net. And Colby Bishop does have his goal. He still had to wrestle Ronnie Edwards off him. You can see how much that means to him. And Pompey's better last ten minutes or so is rewarded with their talisman in front of goal. Four to one, Peter Rawam. Across it is a good one from Burrows and the header straight at Norris. That's a chance. That's a chance. White, not a good delivery. Oh, Peter will make a complete mess. And Kamara scores! cross into the middle, Morell heads it on, headed off the bar, loose in the area, Sadie picks it up, it was Kipriano against his own bar, Pack back to Sadie, looking at the far post, tipped round, great save by Milokovic, 2-1 Pompey corner, chips it back into the penalty area, Pack the target, Pack to Kamara, Kamara shoots and it's in the net! Collins. Foul and Morell is going to get a second yellow here and he's off. Joe Morell has been sent off. A second yellow card. Probably didn't really need that either. No, they didn't. Does so. Kyoso, close range. Loot in the box. Must be put home. And it's a horrible miss from Zach Sturge. But Pompey are living dangerously. 3 1. Edwards lays it off for the left hand side. And that is it. Portsmouth remain unbeaten. A 17th game of League One football unbeaten. It's finished here. Portsmouth 3, Peterborough 1. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there of Pompey's 3-1 victory over Peterborough United at the weekend. Perfect way to start a busy September month. Right, taking a look at the other results from across Saturday. Then Blackpool 2, Wigan Athletic 1, 
Bolton Wanderers 2, Derby County 1, Bristol Rovers 1, Lincoln City 1. Burton Albion 0, Exeter City 1, Carlisle United 2-0 victors over Shrewsbury Town, Charlton Athletic 2-1 winners over Fleetwood Town, Cheltenham Town 0, Barnsley 2, Leighton Orient 0, Stevenage 3, Northampton Town 0, Wickham Wanderers 1 and Oxford United 1, Port Vale 2 and of course Pompey 3. Peterborough United won. There is one game this evening, two teams you've just missed from that readout. Cambridge United against Reading will be live on Sky Sports Football this evening with a kickoff of 8pm at the Abbey Stadium. Right, it's time now to welcome in your two Pompey pundits for this evening's conversation and I'm pleased to welcome Dean Adams back onto the Football Hour panel. Dean, good evening, sir. Good evening, Jake. How are you? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic. Thank you very much, Dean. Um, all the better from Saturday's impressive victory, if I must say so myself, over Peterborough United. Yeah. I don't think many of us were expecting that when we woke up, were we? No, to, uh, to get three goals and not just get the three points, but to get the performance as well, is it was much needed, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I wasn't, to be honest, I was expecting sort of a goal-scoring draw. So to get a 3-1 win is absolutely fantastic, especially going into this couple of weeks break. Uh, but yeah, uh, all round, defensively, attacking-wise, it was all there. We, we, we sort of ticked most boxes on Saturday. We created a lot of chances. Scored some good goals, probably could have scored some more goals as well. And yeah, you've got to be highly delighted with that, haven't we? Yep, I'd say so. Um, and also going back to Saturday, when you look at the starting eleven uh, that John Messino had uh, named for that game, it was two changes from the side that drew 0-0 with Stevenage a week prior. Joe Rafferty, of course, suspended, dropped out alongside Jack Sparks, with Zach Swanson and Christian Sadie coming into the team in full. We had Will Norris in goal. Back four of Zach Swanson, Regan Paul, Connor Shuknessi and Connor Ogilvie. Marlon Pack was the captain alongside Joe Morella midfield. Abu Camera, Christian Sadie and Gavin White in behind Colby Bishop up front. Um, one of the big talking points from that news at 2pm on Saturday there, Dean, was Christian Sadie back into the starting eleven for Pompey in a league fixture. And, and again, it was a match in which Pompey were victorious in. And not just victorious by one goal, it was three goals to one, a comeback after going behind. What, what kind of impact do you think Christian Sadie, not just on Saturday, but throughout but, you know, the entirety of the campaign so far, has had on this team? He's a proper Pompey player, isn't he? He tracks back, he works really hard. He he sort of plays, he can play up front, but he's sort of been playing in that number 10 position, but he's been tracking back quite deep as well. And the fans absolutely love him. So I think the way he started the season, he's performed from the word go. Every time I've seen him play, he's looked really good. So to get his, I think that was his first league start of the season, wasn't it? So to have him have his first league start of the season at Fratton Park in front of that crowd, he would have loved it as well. You can see he's playing with real confidence. He's really strong. Nobody can get the ball off him. And he made a huge, huge difference. So he thoroughly deserved his start on Saturday. And just hopefully he keeps his place going forward. But, uh, yeah, he was he was absolutely immense. And and with uh, Swanson coming in for Rafferty as well, you, you can't have a... The replacement for Rafferty, Swanson, is absolutely brilliant. I absolutely love him. And he put in a really good performance as well. So... 
yeah, to have those two boys come in made a, made a huge difference, and we created a lot of chances. So let's just hope Sadie keeps his place, and we, hmm. we can crack on from here. Yeah, Mark McGee also joins us on the Footblower this evening. Mark's having a few technical issues uh, trying to join us, but he will be here at some point between now and seven o'clock. We'll tell you when uh, Mark do uh, does join us. We've got an email from Linda Mail on the emails. Good evening to you, Linda, who says for over a half of the first half we were second best. We did not press Peterborough, and we. Allowed them to play, especially Efron Mason Clark and Ricky Jade Jones, who Swanson gave them too much room. Once Messino tweaked it after we went to goal down, we came back into the game and pressed more and did not allow them so much room. Despite the man handling Bishop, he still managed to score and it changed the game. Camera and Sadie both had great games. With regards to Morel, this is the way he plays on the edge and within reason. We have to accept it. Play out Pompey Linda on the emails. Thank you very much, Linda, for getting in touch uh, this evening. Should we start off with um, the goal then, the, the one that opened the scoring at Fratton Park at the weekend, Dean, 20 minutes had gone when Ricky J. Jones had called an effort past Will Norris, who just stood helpless uh, in between the sticks in front of the Fratton end. Um, first of all, a, a great finish from a, a really threatening attacker in Ricky J. Jones, but I think as Linda's highlighted within her message there, a little bit too much space given to him. Yeah, yeah he had too much space, didn't he? Far too much space. He, the Jones was a really lively player. I really loved the way he played. They had two good wingers with direct pace, and that's something that I've been really wanting Portsmouth to buy in the summer. That direct, threatening pace on the on on the on the on the whip. Uh, we haven't had that. Uh, we really need that. And I think when Jones was running running at us, it gets you off your seat. And I can't really say we've got a player in our team that gets you off your seat. And they've got that. And he he was really good. And he scored a great goal. So yeah, it was a, it was a good start from them. But we uh, once that happened, we started mm-hmm. to press and we changed our way a little bit. The the front sort of three guys put really good pressure on them, and that's what we should have been doing from the off. And it, it wasn't there to start with. And they got their early goal. And yeah, it, we were lucky we didn't get an, they didn't get another one after that. So yeah, luckily we got uh, we got ourselves back level. <laughs> Delighted to say now that Mark McGee joins us on the football. Mark, a pleasure to have you on bump back on the show, my friend. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Uh, Mark, we've gone through um, already on the show this evening the, the opener for Peterborough at the weekend, the Ricky J. Jones strike after 20 minutes. Um, but also, that's been mentioned by Linda on the emails, is the, the attacking threat not only by Ricky J. Jones, but Efron Mason-Clark as well. And Wilson, not forgetting Kwame Poku uh, over on the right-hand side as well. Peterborough, Mark, possessed this really, really dangerous attack, and that was even on Saturday without... Johnson Clark Harris, who on deadline day had a proposed move to Bristol Rovers rejected by the EFL due to late paperwork. Um, do you think, Mark, that maybe with the inclusion of Johnson Clark Harris, should he have played, would have made that game a little bit of a different story? Uh, yeah, I do, to be honest, Jake. Um, that was my thought throughout, to be honest. I mean, you, you, you know, make a great point there with Ricky J. Jones and um, Poku and, uh, you know, uh, Mason Clark, all those players are players that I would have loved to have signed myself at Portsmouth, um, but they were missing a vocal point up front. You could see that. There was no target man. There was no um, danger man in the box. And I think you could see at the end when, you know, we were hanging on, they were putting balls into the box and there wasn't really a, a finishing touch uh, amongst those players. You know, I mean, I think one player even put it over the bar in, in, in the six-yard box. So mm. they were definitely missing that that killer 
um, touch. But I mean, you would have thought that they would have maybe signed a replacement if they're willing to sell Johnson Clark Harris. So that was a bit surprising. But yeah, I, I think they looked they looked dangerous, but they they looked a bit toothless in the final third. I think. Yeah. Pompey move up to fifth in Skybet League One following that victory over Peterborough on Saturday. Six games played, three wins and three draws. The only side in League One, of course, to still be unbeaten at this stage of the campaign. Nine goals scored and two conceded. The the second top goal scorers in that top six. Exeter City remain top of League One with Bolton in second. Stevenage, Port Vale third and fourth. Pompey, of course, fifth. Oxford United dropped down to sixth in the table. Pompey's next opponent in the league, Derby County, um, on Saturday the 16th of September um, are in 10th position. Down at the bottom, Cheltenham Town and Fleetwood Rock Bottom, both with just a point. And after the game on Saturday, Fleetwood Town wielded the axe and dismissed manager Scott Brown. They are now looking for a new gaffer. Burton Albion and Wigan Athletic join those two in the bottom four as things stand at the early part of the campaign, of course. Right, enough from us for now. Let's hear what John Messino has had to say. Max Swatton asked for Gaffer how he felt after picking up three points against the Bosch. Feels great. It feels it feels great. I won't can't lie about that. Um, I think a real real sense of relief as well. Um to score the goals that we scored today. I think to go a goal down and, and to come back with the mentality that we showed. Uh, with you know, there's a lot of disappointment obviously when we went one all down and we weren't playing particularly well I thought we were okay going into the first 25 minutes but then after that I thought we were brilliant and the second half was, was probably one of the best halves I think certainly the season and, and certainly since I've been here at the football club What elements of the performance please you the most? So I think first of all the, the mentality to go in 1-0 down and the reaction and, and how we showed that sort of bravery to, to keep going with um, with, with how we were playing and, and the system. Uh, we also made some tweaks in the middle of the first half to just try and stop them from playing as much as they were, which the lads reacted brilliantly to, and I thought it made a big difference in the game. So I'm really pleased with that. And then I think it was the fact that we went when we went 3-1 up, I, I then felt that we, we stayed on the front foot and we didn't drop off and we didn't stop playing and we had some really good op- some really good play, really good opportunities after that. And a lot of time, I think, the... The, the pressure that was on the lads today to, to win the game, which was which was which was big, or at least to put in a good performance. When you go two one three one up, the natural inclination I think can be to take a step back against a very good side, and we didn't do that. Uh, we kept on the front foot. We, we kept going, and I thought we could have scored a few more. And I actually thought we looked very very comfortable until we went down to ten men. I was going to ask about those tactical tweaks that you made in the middle of the first half. What sort of impact did they have on the game? Do you think aside from the, the two goals that we scored to turn the game around? So I thought that Ronnie Edwards was getting too much of the ball and, um, and Colby was having to do too much between the two centre-halves, which was entirely my fault um, in terms of the way that we'd, we'd set them up. So um, we, we changed the, the way that we, we were pressing and I thought that, you know, it had a real impact both out of possession because we were, we were, I thought we were less exposed and we had to do less off the ball and then we were winning the ball higher up and, and with Christian slightly higher up as well, I thought it really impacted the game and you know, we got our rewards, I think, for that. Uh, towards the back end of the first half and, and again we, we kept going with that in the second half they changed slightly the way that they were building up from the back with um, Kipriano dropping in to a three as well but the, the work rate between the two centre forwards and, and actually everybody in behind that made a real difference There you go then part of the uh, post-match interview with John Messino we'll hear the rest of that later on in tonight's show uh, Mark McGee Dean Adams join us on the Football Hour this evening Mark that result on Saturday of course comes after back-to-back to, uh, 
stalemates in the league for Pompey. Uh, two actual goalless stalemates for the Blues against Cheltenham Town and Stevenage, respectively. So how big a result was that on Saturday, regardless of who the opponents were, to p- pick up three points and really bring that sort of mood back to life at Fratton Park and get the fans really back on board? Yeah, I think it was really important, to be fair, Jake. I think um, when that goal went in, um, I said to my friend, I was a bit worried that it could <clears throat> end up going towards Peterborough and we could end up, you know, losing by a landslide. Um, I think shortly after that 1-0, um, I was a bit worried about the atmosphere in the front part potentially getting a bit toxic because, you know, we had been a bit disappointing in the last few games, as you mentioned. Um, and, and, and like you said there, you know, they, although though they weren't... Um, Losses, they, they sort of felt like them because we were a little bit sort of, um, we, we, you know, we were lacking, you know, some edge in the final third. And I think the fans were starting to get frustrated. I mean, it's all well and good being unbeaten, isn't it? But without actually um, getting the points on the board, I think the fans would have started to get frustrated with us not finishing our chances. Yeah. So I do think it was really important. And I think it's going to sort of push our momentum through a really difficult month of fixtures. Mark, thank you very much. Right, very shortly, three of us here will be returning with more reaction to Pompey's 3-1 win over Peterborough, and we'll also hear the rest of John Messino's post-match interview. The Blues head coach has been discussing the impact the Fratton Faithful can have on proceedings at PO4. If we give the crowd the chance to, to get behind us like we did today, then, you know, it is a really, really intimidating place to play. And I thought the second half just epitomised that beautifully. Don't miss it. The Football Hour will be back after this quick break. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus, go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back along to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can locate your nearest bus stop and even prepay for your tickets as well. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Dean Adams and Mark McGee on this instalment of the Football Hour, reviewing all of the action from Saturday's 3-1 victory for the Blues over Peterborough United at Fratton Park. Let's get straight back into it then. Uh, Dean, we, we heard from John Messino before the break we heard a little bit of a tease uh, ready for his second part of his post-match interview talking about the impact that the Fratton Park crowd can have on proceedings uh, during any sort of match at, at PO4 and um, a, an interesting quote from actually the, the opposing manager Darren Ferguson after the game who said you can turn these fans meaning the Pompey fans and I thought they were on the turn until that it was, of course, the, uh, that Pompey scored. Um, does that really emphasise to you, Dean, that really whatever happens at Fratton Park, when, the, when the, the crowd get behind the team, and I know this is subjective as to what they're seeing on the pitch, it's a very, you know, it's a two-way street, you know, the, the crowd will get behind the team if the team is showing signs of life and actually the effort to, to go forward and try and win games, I get that, but... Is it really easy to underestimate the power that the Fratton Park crowd have on every single match? Yeah, Yeah, I think the crowd makes a massive difference, especially at Fratton Park. 
you could see when Peterborough took the lead on Saturday, you, you, we got to about the half an hour mark and you could start to hear a few moans and groans. There was a couple of long balls from the back that went astray out wide into the crowd and you could start to hear a few little mumblings and that. And I was thinking, oh my God, please don't turn, don't turn. If this crowd get behind us, you could see one or two strong tackles went in. When Christian Sadie put a couple of strong tackles in, the crowd started cheering and started singing, and it made a little bit of difference. We started to play with a bit more high tempo. As soon as we get that goal, like Mark said earlier, if Peterborough got a second, I would have been really, really worried because that crowd would have turned. But with a couple of strong tackles, a few good passes, the crowd really, really got behind us. We got our goal, and then everything changed. That crowd were completely mm. on top of us. And it went 2-1, 3-1, and it could have been more. So, yeah, that crowd at home. With John Messino's style of football, we have to be patient. We've showed on Saturday, if we go 1-0 down, let's be patient, let's get behind the team, and it can definitely show what can happen, as it did on Saturday. So, yeah, John Messino's style of football, the way he is with his character and personality, he's very calm, he's very measured, very patient, and we've got to be like that as a crowd mm. and just get behind the team. And if we get behind them, you can you saw what happened on Saturday. Mm. And something that hasn't happened, Mark, since before COVID uh, came around in uh, 2020 was Pompey going an entire campaign at Fratton Park in the league unbeaten. And the last time he did that, they got into the playoffs, which coincidentally was the last time the Blues actually made the League One playoffs. Just how important is it to you, Mark, that using what myself and Dean and what Darren Ferguson have said about the Pompey crowd to our advantage how important is it to to really utilize that throughout the campaign and really make fratton park a fortress how, how crucial is that to get in promotion yeah i think it's massive i think we've heard on so many occasions from like players actually giving like quite candid interviews they actually when they say the crowd actually make a difference it, they really do mean it to be honest um and and you know the, the crowd are quite temperamental at times. I mean there are there are, there are stages I think where we go through where we could be louder. You know we could get a bit more behind the team. Um, but yeah, when it's roaring like that against big opposition, you've just got a goal uh, and the crowd are right behind you. I mean as a player, is there a better motivator out there? Hmm. There probably isn't. No. Uh, back to the goals then, Dean. Um, and on the 38th minute, Pompey had levelled the proceedings at Fratton Park uh, to make it one all. Colby Bishop heading in from around about four or five yards out following a fantastic delivery in from the right-hand side through Marlon Pack. And that was really the, the product of, of when you really just sometimes need to go back to, to basics. At, at times this season and throughout the entire really last few campaigns, that there's been moments where Pompey tries to perhaps walk it into the back of the net. They've not been putting the balls into the box as quickly as they should be. Do you think that was an example from Marlon Pack with that whipped-in ball from the right-hand side? Just to put it in there, find Colby Bishop. He'll, he'll, he'll do something with it. Yeah, it was a great ball in, wasn't it? Uh Colby Bishop, he was absolutely fantastic on Saturday. He works really hard, but you could see from the first sort of 35 minutes of that game on Saturday, Colby Bishop was absolutely bullied by their <laughs> centre-half. Yeah. Their centre-half was all over him. He had a really good game, but then suddenly Marlon Pack's whipped him ball, which was an absolute brilliant cross, exactly what we need to do for the likes of Colby Bishop, because Colby will get on the end of those. And Colby got on the end of that. He got the that's the first time he probably got the better of that defender in in that half. And then a few minutes later, the the same defender made that mistake for for uh, Abu's goal. So yeah, Colby. If we as we know, Colby's such a strong hold up player. If we, but he relies on crosses, not through balls. He relies on crosses, and that's why the Gavin Whites, the Scullys, the Kamaras, 
people need to get those balls into the box. And Marlon Pack was absolutely superb on Saturday. And his ball in was exactly hmm. where Colby wanted it. And you could see from Colby's reaction when it hit the back of the net, he didn't run off celebrating. He actually shouted at the <laughs> defender on the floor. He did which I'm not going to repeat what he said, but nah. he was so angry because he knew he was being bullied that yeah. whole game. But Colby loved that and he, he deserved it as well because his performance on Saturday was nothing but excellent. Mm. I think you can probably gather what uh, Colby Bishop had said to, to the defender on the ground there. Uh, Mark, I think it was yourself who mentioned in part one of tonight's show um, about Colby Bishop being, being bullied on Saturday and the fact that he found it a little bit difficult to get past that, that defence at times. What did you make of really the way that he was, let's face it, that manhandled throughout the entirety of that 90 minutes. Is this a, a, a case of the EFL, the officials, not necessarily being kind enough on, on, on the strikers, for, for, for lack of a better phrase? Do you think that maybe some strikers like Colby Bishop, and we've seen it down the years with the, the John Marquises, the Michael Smiths, the defenders maybe get a little bit too much protection? Colby Bishop was having his shirt pulled constantly on Saturday. We see it week in, week out, but nothing's ever given. And I think there was an example where he actually got quite frustrated when he backed into a defender and the referee immediately gave the three kick in, into the other direction. Do you think that maybe this is something that, not just in, in Pompey's perspective, but for all teams, needs to change? Yeah, I think I think we'd all like to see it. I think shirt pulling's been in the game for such a long time and it's such a tedious part of the game. I think sometimes it can be really difficult to uh, knuckle down and actually sort of uh, decide on the culprit because, uh, you know, to, both, both people are as bad as each other, aren't they, at the end of the day? I mean, it's um, I, th- I, th- I think it's one of those really difficult things as a referee. It must be really challenging to, to give. And, and you know, I think I think players are quite clever now as well. I'm not I'm not sort of defending Peterborough by any means, but, you know, we, we, we see the side we want to see when Colby goes down. We don't see the side where Colby might be backing into the defender um, and giving him um, as much as he's given back. So I think I think the referee has a really difficult call to make on, on a lot of those uh, circumstances. But, you know, there, there are decisions like earlier on in the season where Cassini Yengi got blatantly brought down and, and they get ignored and that needs to change. Yeah. Um, Abu Kamara then putting Pompey ahead on the 43rd minute. Um, a pretty impressive five-minute period for uh, Portsmouth on Saturday. Dean Adams, um, he tapped the ball under goalkeeper Nicholas Abilakapic, um with just two minutes of his first half to play. It was quite a fortunate one, if we're being completely honest. Kwame Poku had attempted to clear his lines inside the 18-yard box, scuffed. The, uh, the the hoof out and it landed straight to the feet of Abu Kamara, who just uh, first time touched it underneath the man in between the sticks and on a plate for him. Nonetheless, Dean, fantastic to see him getting the score sheet and and secure his first senior goal in English football. Yeah, he scored a lot for Norwich's Premier League Two team and he's a proper goal scorer. But we have to remember he's such a young lad and he, he's had chances this season. He's not scored. He, he's missed a couple of really good chances. And I watched him pre-game. Well, we saw on Tuesday night where he missed the penalty. We had a ch- we were 4-2 up on penalties against Peterborough in the Cup. And he had a glorious chance to, to get us through to the next round and skied his penalty. And I thought, oh, God, this guy just needs a goal. And I watched him pre-game on Saturday with the shooting practice. And I think four of his five shots went wide of the goal. He didn't even mm. force the keeper into a save. And... I was just hoping he would get a chance on Saturday and he, he, he got a really easy chance that he just had to tap in and and unlucky for him, he nearly had a really good chance down at the Frattenham where he hit that sort of 18-yard shot that the keeper made a really good save and put over. So 
he was brilliant on Saturday. He needed that goal for a confidence boost. And as he said, he also got the man of the match and he also got mm-hmm. his assist. So well played to the lad. Yeah. Right, we're going to get on to the events of the second half in just a few moments' time. Don't forget, Blues fans tuning in from back home or wherever you are, you can get in touch this evening as well. 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and get in touch with us via the new ExpressFM app, which you can find on your relevant app store. Before we come to more from Dean and Mark, and hopefully you guys back home as well, we're going to hear the second and final part of that post-match interview with John Messino. You made two changes. Chris and Zach came in. What did you make of their performances? And Abu as well, who got a goal and an assist. Yeah, it's uh, difficult, I think, to, um, to speak highly enough about Christian and the impact that he's had since he's come to the football club. And that's been reflected, obviously, in, in the way that the fans have responded to him, uh, the, how popular he is with popular he is with the boys, and, and the fact that he was just very, very good on, on Tuesday night. So Christian played in the, the 4-0 win away at Leighton Orient. Uh, he impacted the game. He found himself out of the side on, on the Tuesday night. We, we won again there. Um, and I think he just... you know he, probably very very unlucky to, to not be in the mix he, he just seems to make things happen um, a very very good player technically but also incredibly strong um, and his, his work rate is, is brilliant as well and we're asking him to do something he's never done in his career before which is playing that different role and he's picking things up brilliantly a really really good learner um, so Christian's impact was, was excellent uh, Zach Swanson uh, I might be wrong but his last start in the league was away at Peterborough in January of, uh, of this year where I think he probably had a, a difficult afternoon. I thought he was outstanding today. Uh, all things considered, he played. You know, he started on Tuesday night. Um, he wasn't 100% fit today either. He, he played through that, and I thought he just provided us with a real outlet on the on the right hand side. Uh, yeah, really, really happy with with Zach's performance. Um, all things considered, so the, the two that came in did brilliantly, and, and Abu as well to, to get his first goal, and again to go and, and go again. I thought he grew into the game again in the second half. Uh, he drew the goalkeeper into a couple of excellent saves as well. And pro- yeah, probably a bit unlucky not to score a couple more, but um, you know, those two were, were really, really good. And what did you say at half-time to keep up that momentum going into the second half? Because things didn't drop off. Yeah, so we, we, we reinforced what we were trying to do tactically. In, in fairness to the boys, when we tweaked it in the, in the middle of the first half, they, they took it on really well, so it gave us another opportunity to just further bed down what we were trying to do there. And... Um, which we we did manage to do, and I thought it made a big difference. And again, just to just keep the keep the positivity, and and um, you know, really even even up until the goal in the first half, that we were doing okay, uh, but we just weren't quite. We didn't have quite enough conviction in the way that we were going forward. A few balls dropped down. We didn't win second balls. We lost a couple of challenges. Just fine margins in the game. So just to keep going on that, and just to to keep the keep the hammer down, I suppose. And um, we always know that we've we've got, a, I guess, this. Um, Intangible advantage when we were shooting to the fat end as well. It was nice, nice to get a couple of goals in the first half, um, and yeah, just to sort of take advantage of that, take advantage of the fact that you know, we we know opposition. They speak about it, and they spoke about it this week. How difficult it is to play here. Um, it's not just us that, that talk about it. Opposition now, they've always said it. I've always said it as a um, as a former player what it was like to play here. If we give the crowd the chance to to get behind us like we did today. Then you know it is really it's really really intimidating to, to, to place to play, um, and I thought the second half just epitomised that beautifully. Perfect. I mean, you've taken the words out of my mouth. The, the the fans had such a huge impact today on the result. Does that show how much of a difference they can make? 
Yeah, there's, um, there's, there's a couple of things with, uh, with the impact. First of all, what we saw in the second half, which was just you know, this like, relentless um, onslaught of, of noise um, from the entire ground, actually. Um, sometimes I'm probably um, a bit too quick just to praise the fraternum, but everywhere I thought I, I felt it today. Um, I can you know, see over the, the far side how much of an impact the, uh, the fans have there on the, on the players, and, and I obviously hear everything um, over my shoulders as well. So, um, first of all, that, and, and second of all, uh, it's, it's really, really important. We went to down uh, the expectations would have been really high coming into the game went a goal down like we did against Bristol Rovers at the first day of the season and the, the fans really stuck with us and um, I think that's, a, that's going to be a theme we obviously don't want to go a goal down but if we do you know, just stick with us because you make a huge huge difference and, and today was a perfect example of that just finally, what did you say to the lads in the dressing room after off the back of such a good result and going into the international break where we've got a weekend off? Just to enjoy that win, that was the most important thing for me. You've got to enjoy that win. The, the default position of, of footballers and people in football is to go, OK, we've, you know, we've done that, on to the next one. The, the two-week break gives us a natural chance to... Um, you know, the, the lads are very, very different from, from they were back in my day. They're not going to go out and, and party, but spend some time with your family. You know, uh, Enjoy that. It's been a relentless month uh, with nine games in 30 days. So take a breather. Um, I know naturally they're going to... They're all going to go and analyse the game and, and look at what they can do better. We've got two really good blocks of, of training coming up as well. It's a really good opportunity there. But, you know, enjoy that. Sometimes it's about the positives of, of what it took to, to put that performance in. Um, you know, don't downplay anything that they, they have done over the past um, couple of months since they've, they've been back in. And of course, don't get too carried away um, because we've got some very, very tough games coming up. But, um, yeah, go and enjoy your break. Come back fit and firing. The rest of that post-match interview there with John Musino following Pompey's 3-1 victory over the Posh on Saturday afternoon. Uh, some tweets from the weekend then. Reaction to the Blues' victory, Ian Dark said, Best yet from Pompey against a dangerous Posh team. Manager tweaked the tactics. Swanson pushed up the play almost as a right winger with White tucked in. And it produced far more attacking ideas. Sadie, outstanding. Camera a threat, but Morel's latest daft red made it a nervy end. And uh, Ian Shiverton who said better today, more of an attacking threat. Sadie looking good. Wish Bishop got a bit more protection from the refs, but he gets uh, pushed and pulled all over the place. Hopefully this is a result we can now build on. It's good to see us a bit more on the front foot, especially at home. Ian Chiverton with that one. Uh, Josh Sweetman, regular guest here on the Football Hour, who says, uh, first half, slow and poor. Lucky to be 2-1 up. Second half, absolutely unbelievable. Sadie, unplayable. Should have had five or six. Messino mad to not take off Morel, but a stupid foul regardless. Can we talk a bit more about Sadie? Uh, Josh Sweetman there, and a, uh, a final one reaction from Saturday. Uh, Matt Thry, uh, pragmatic throg on Twitter. Very happy with the last hour plus injury time yesterday attacked with purpose especially in the second half and could have scored five or six disappointed that so many people left before the final whistle though especially with Fratton and North Stand looks half empty by full time uh, that was Matt Thry on Twitter and uh, mentioned twice within those reaction tweets um, Mark was uh, the, the theory that maybe Pompey should have had five or six against Peter on Saturday and that really emphasised how well the Blues did play against the Post. Do you think that Pompey this season as I think we spoke about over the last couple of seasons are a little bit sort of better performance wise when they come up against these so-called better teams in the division is it because of the more expansive and open plays you think? To be honest, I think I need to see more from Portsmouth. I think it's so early on in the season. I think I'm still trying to work out who's a good team and who's not. But based on current results, I mean, if you were to look at our last few results, the Exeter, who are top at the moment, 
we beat them at home. Uh, Stephen and you were top for a long period of time. We went to their place and um, kept a clean sheet and picked up a point. And we've beaten Peterborough 3-1 at home, who are notoriously very difficult to beat. And I think if you beat Peterborough, I think that's a fairly decent benchmark for you. I always think Peterborough are really, really competitive. Um, they always recruit really well. They're always going to be up there. So, yeah, the signs are good. We've got some tough tests coming up. Um, and, yeah, I think there's still some fine-tuning to be done. I can see that John Messina is still trying to work out his strongest team. I think the core he's got sorted. Um, I think he's still trying to work out um, his wingers and his hackers. But I think, like, going off sad, I think we've found a pretty good formula there, especially with Sadie. Let's uh, round off with the goals from the weekend then. Dean Pompey with the third and final goal of the game. Regan Paul opening his Pompey account alongside Abu Kamara. It was Joe Morrell who kept the ball alive following a, a corner that was cleared. Colby Bishop nodding it to Kamara who flashed a powerful driven effort across the goal. I think it was a, a shock to be quite to be quite honest. Um, but it, it went to the far left-hand side where Regan Paul was waiting to slide it into the back of the net. Um, great reaction, first of all, from Regan Paul to get his first Pompey goal but another example there Dean of, of some fantastic play from Abu Kamara Yeah I think it was good play from Morel Kamara getting the ball across like you said was it a shot was it a cross we don't know but it flashed across goal with pace and Regan Paul was there with his finish and he thoroughly deserved that because and you can see from his reaction he absolutely loved that and it was great to see it happen in front of the flatten end as well He's been an absolutely immense signing at the back. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. I feel a bit more at ease with him at the back. Mm. I feel a bit sorry for Sean Raggett. He's not really done too much wrong, but Regan Paul's, with all due respect to Raggett, Regan Paul is a level above. He should be playing in the league above. And, yeah, he, he, he I'm thoroughly delighted he got that third goal. He's had two or three chances this season already where he's hit the post. I think he's hit the post a couple of times already this season. And, mm. Yeah, he enjoyed that, and 3-1 was the icing on the cake, really. Mm -hmm. And it was just a shame Morel sort of did that silly mistake. Yeah. He's definitely, as we all know, he's got a red card on him. But we've got to be careful this year because the refs are dishing out more reds and yellows <laughs> this season. So we have to be wary of that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, the players put in a great performance, and I'm really delighted for Regan Paul to get, sort of get his first goal for the club in front of the threatening. And Dean's touched on there the red card to Joe Morrell. That's the talking point we'll be coming on to in the third and final part of the Football Hour when we return in just a few moments' time. Also mentioning Sean Raggett as well. We mentioned at the start of the show we'll be talking about a milestone for him. That was his 200th Pompey appearance in the Carabao Cup uh, result on Tuesday night against the Posh. We haven't quite got enough time to go through that in as much detail as, as we'd like and as quite frankly Sean Raggett deserves. So we're going to push it back until Friday's show when the Football Hour returns at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Friday evening. So Sean Raggett to come on Friday night. And we're going to come on to talk about, as I say, the rest of the game and Joe Burrell's red card. And also hear the post-match thoughts of Abu Kamara, who not only talks us through his first senior goal, but also start to life at PO4. There's been ups and downs, but that's normal. Like I'd say I enjoy it here. Like I'm getting game time. All the boys are great. They just made me feel welcome as soon as I came. So I can't complain on that end. You can join us for the third and final part of the Football Hour tonight when we return in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app. 
to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the show. You join us here on 93.7 Express FM for the conclusion of this Monday night instalment of the Football Hour, which is proudly sponsored this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app or visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide and what they are doing to make their transportation services cleaner and greener throughout not just Portsmouth, but across the South Coast and through Hampshire as well. Right, it is time now to hear from one of Pompey's goal scorers from Saturday, Abu Kamra. He's been speaking to Max Swatton after his first senior goal helped the Blues to a third league win of the season. Abu, just put into words how that feels, mate. Obviously, today was my first professional goal, so when the ball went in the back of the net, it was like a dream come true like I've been waiting for this moment and I was just happy it came today and then to get the assist as well and get the three points it was it just was the cherry on top really that first professional goal what a feeling you turn the game around with it just talk us through it if you can um so there was a bit of combination play out on the right side between Marlon Zach and I think Joe Moreau was involved and the ball just ended up coming inside so I just thought let me get into the the area like around the back post and I saw that Colby was kind of tussling and he got a little flick on. So when the ball just dropped, I was just like, yes, this is my chance. And then just put it in the back of the net. What did it feel like to celebrate in the corner over there? Honestly, like, it was crazy. Like, the fans were going crazy. I just dropped down to my knees and pointed to the sky because you've got to give thanks to God. And then, like, Sadie just tumbled over me and I dropped. So it was a bit funny, but I'm, I'm grateful for that, like, moment. I remember it for the rest of my life. There's a really good picture taken of you and Chris. Does that just show what a good relationship you have together? No, definitely. Obviously, Chris knows my boy at Norwich, Jaden Warner, so that's how we know each other. And ever since I've come to Portsmouth, he's just been like a big brother to me, so I appreciate him for that. What was the message from the gaffer going into the game to you personally? He was just like, go into it with confidence. He said he knows that I'm not normally a left winger, but just get out of my mind and that's what I tried to do today obviously it's a bit weird because I'm not used to it but I will keep trying and hopefully I get better there and what can you take from this game personally in terms of perhaps a bit of confidence as you, as you said the gaffer told you to, to take from, from the game yeah definitely especially because I got my first goal I feel like that's a real confidence booster so hopefully I can get some more goals in the league and we can keep getting three points and hopefully get promoted and you mentioned them earlier the fans how impressive were they today nah they were crazy like Literally, the stadium was rocking. I was like, yeah, I love this. But it was good. It was good from the fans. And just finally, how have you found your time here overall? Obviously, we've reached sort of a, a midway, not a mid, sort of midway through the, half of the, the first half of the season, but you've got a few days off now. How do you reflect on your time here so far? I feel like there's been ups and downs, but that's normal. Like, I'd say I enjoy it here. Like, I'm getting game time. All the boys are great. They just made me feel welcome as soon as I came, so I can't complain on that end. Abu Kamara speaking to Max Watson after the game on Saturday afternoon. But final talking point then, uh, Mark will be Joe Morrell's red card to end on a bit of a sour note. 85 minutes have passed, not long of a game remaining when Joe Morrell was issued his second yellow card by the referee, David Rock. Um, Your take on that one, I don't think it really needs to go into detail too much. It was a silly challenge, wasn't it? And one that was really not necessary at that stage of the game, nor, of course, being already on a yellow card.
Yeah, it's a real shame because, you know, he's such a good player and he's he's playing out of his skin at the moment. And I think he's going to be a real miss in our next game. Um, but, you know, it gives a good opportunity to other lads to get in, into the team. Um, saving grace is that, you know, next week a lot of games are postponed because of the international break. <laughs> I know we put in a request to postpone the, the game due to, you know, international call-ups. <laughs> Jamarell would have been one of those international call-ups, which is a bit ironic. Yeah. But, um, so, he would, you know, it, we postponed the game to not have his absence, but, you know, he's going to be absent for the next league match anyway. Yeah. So, a, a bit frustrating and... That I think, to be honest, I think the players have got to learn the new sort of rules and the new leniencies of the refs because, you know, maybe that last season that wouldn't have been too yellow. So yeah. maybe that's some food for thought when, when considering Joe Murrah's decision. Yeah. Regardless of maybe how soft the decision may have been on Saturday, Dean, the question is, of course, thrown about by Pompey fans about Joe Murrell's reliability. Is he a liability to John Messino's side given his disciplinary record? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I think there's one or two people that have been a little bit harsh. Uh, I think Joe Morrell's an excellent player. I think it's difficult at times when you look at Joe Morrell plays as like a number six, so does Marlon Pack. I always find it a bit strange to have two number sixes in your team, but it worked really well on Saturday. It hasn't worked before, but it did work on Saturday. I think Joe's just got to be careful. I was a little bit surprised he wasn't taken off at that point. But uh, yeah, we've 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 got people that can come in and have a chance. He's Ben Stevenson when he's played this season, the the, the minutes he's had in cup games and that, he's looked really tidy. Similar sort of player to yeah. Pack and Morrell in a way. So I'd expect Ben Stevenson maybe to come straight in for Joe Morrell, or if Joe uh, John Messino's feeling brave enough, he might go with an eight and put Robertson in there. So you've got yeah. Robertson with Pack and Sadie just in front and Bishop just in front of them. So, yeah, looking at our squad, there's plenty of options for Joe Morrell. It is only a one-game ban yeah. and I think we've got uh, plenty of depth in there to uh, to cover for him. Uh, PFC Pete on Twitter says, Joe Morrell is not a liability. He's a quality midfielder. We are lucky to have him in the side. You can disagree with me if you'd like, but in my opinion, to have a player who consistently plays internationally in League One is a privilege. The thoughts of PFC Pete on Twitter. Right. It wasn't just the Blues with an impressive result at the weekend. Uh, the men, as far as we're concerned, but also the Pompey women as well. 9-0 victors over Cardiff City ladies at Wesley Park on Sunday afternoon to maintain their impressive start to the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division campaign. Sophie Quirk with a brace. Annie Rolfe with a goal as well. Emma Jones also with a brace. Emily Pittman with a 92nd minute. Um, the goal to add on to what was already a rout over Cardiff and Danny Lane with a hat-trick with a third being from the spot as well and after that phenomenal victory over Cardiff Jay Sadler a very happy Jay Sadler spoke to Max Watson I think it was a really dominant and, and ruthless performance I think I'm using the same words I have done over the last couple of weeks um, but I think the the word I used after the Cheltenham game was consistency. Can we consistently perform at these levels week in, week out? And we've done it again. Um, and that's going to be the challenge, I think, all season. I think the way we got the ball down and played today was fantastic. Um, I think we created loads of opportunities playing vertically. Um, we're able to, to get in behind their back line um, early. Uh, and, and and then, we again, we, we, we scored some real good goals. 
and then I think second half as their block dropped um, and obviously having to manage the, the temperatures out there today as well I think we were superb in, in controlling the game not allowing anything on the breakdown um, and again just going through the gears and scoring some really well worked uh, team goals What was your thinking behind team selection obviously two changes uh, from last week's game against Ashford so we brought Riva back in. We wanted, um, we, we highlighted a vulnerability in Cardiff from set plays, and we know Riva is aerially dominant. Likewise, Jazz, um, both of them can play long direct switches to try and get Beth one v one and Quirky one v one against their fullbacks. Evie's been performing really well over the last two games, and, and has shown her tactical uh, IQ by by. Um, slotting in at left back and I think she had a, a really good game there and supported Quirky um, superbly well um, and then in the midfield I think Annie was was superb against Cheltenham um, she brings uh, aerobic capacity to that midfield but she brings much more than that as well in terms of her technical ability to get the ball on her back foot and, and make things happen um, I think first half we probably could have, could have got a little bit closer to Wem um, second half we did that and I think um, kudos not only to the 11 that started but to those that came on in this heat they were able to maintain intensity levels. You alluded to it slightly there. What do you make of the impact of your substitutions, most notably Danny Lane getting a 17-minute hat-trick? Sorry. Fantastic. What response that is. Um, I think you, she, she can be disappointed not to be starting today um, after a performance against Ashford last week. Um, but if there's any way to put words into actions, that's it. 17-minute hat-trick. Um, kudos to her and, and to all the girls that came on. I think they gave us energy, um, not only in the press, but also with the ball. Um, it's hard when you're having to mark Emma Jones for 70, 80 minutes and then players like Emily Pittman and Georgie Freeland with their pace and dynamism come on and, and create more challenges and score so it's the mentality of this group we had it last last week with the hunger the desire the players coming off uh, off the bench and we've had it again today um, and collectively we're in a really real good place and the fans amazing once again fantastic I keep saying it they they it shouldn't surprise me but it, it can't it keeps keeps on doing um, just their noise their energy you can you can hear them all behind us in the stands um, and hopefully they, they enjoyed that today and now we, we want to make this place a fortress um, but when we go away from home now we're, we're, we're going to need their energy too so hopefully we'll see a few of them um, on Sunday at Hashtag Incredible victory for the Pompey women on Sunday at home to Cardiff City. Deserves a lot more time on the football hour this evening, something we unfortunately do not have, but we will have director Eric Colborne on the show this Friday alongside Matt Corrick to discuss in greater detail that victory and preview the next game as well. Big shout out to Logan, who celebrated his birthday last Friday. Really glad for him that Pompey were able to secure such a big victory on his birthday weekend. So happy birthday to you, Logan. And also really pleased with that lockdown road lost 5-0 away at Sunderland 5-0 for a 12.30 kickoff could not fancy that journey home big thank you like I say once again to Jay Sadler John Messino Abu Kamara Max Swatton for providing all of those interviews for usage on Football this evening big cheers to everybody who got in touch via the texts the tweets and the emails as well and of course to you guys who just tuned in for this evening's instalments of the show as well right that is it from us tonight and I'd also like to send a big thank you to our two guests for this evening's conversation, Dean Adams and Mark McGean. Dean, first of all, thank you very much, my friend. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Cheers, Jay. You too. Thank you, mate. And Mark McGee as well. A late substitution this evening, uh, but stepped up to the plate fantastically. Mark, pleasure to have you back on the football hour, my friend. 
Thanks, Jake. Cheers. No, it's nice, uh, nice evening. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. Thank you very much to Mark and Dean. Cheers to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another campaign of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. The Football Hour returns this Friday from 6 o'clock. You just heard there, I'll be joined alongside Eric Colborne and Matt Corrick to go through all of the latest blues news. Coming up tonight, though, Jeff and Ada back with a soft rock show from 7. That 80 show with Kevin Stokes returns between 9 and 11, which is when Josh Bowness is back with Express Hits through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. But until next time, Blues fans, thank you very much for your attention. Have a great evening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take care and good night.